You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. All right. Welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Katie Van Horn. Mm. And I'm Jackie Clayton. And I'm excited because we have a special guest with us. Yeah. Julie. Hello. How are y'all? <laughs> <laughs> We're great. By the way, last week, I have to tell Katie. So someone said, um, I have to tell y'all about your podcast. And I was like, what? They were like, well, it's kind of crazy that you change your background all the time. And I was like, oh yeah, you can listen to Apple podcast. And I was like, they said, oh y'all, I thought you were just on YouTube. So I was horrified. So they've watched every episode literally on YouTube to the yeah, point where like I almost want to take it down. Yeah, it's like they're paying attention to how we look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah and some days that's not a good idea at all for either yeah, of us. Yeah. yeah. The last posting I looked like warmed death. Only because warmed because of well, the two jackets. I was like, you got Texas was frozen. It kind of was like you didn't really have an option. You were like layered up trying to just keep warm. It's not okay. Not okay. Yeah, one degree. Noodles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gooley, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah. We like to start off the podcast by learning a little bit about you and your identity. So whatever you're comfortable sharing, we'd love to hear. Absolutely. Okay. Well, my name is Gooley Alvarez. Um, my name for going to put that out there. My name is Gooley. Um, so that <laughs> I named myself when I was a toddler and my mom let me keep it. It was like, it was just a word that I kept on saying. And my family was like, I think that's just going to be his name. He just won't stop saying it. <laughs> and he keeps on, and I learned how to write it down first. And I kept on writing it down everywhere too. Um, so Ghouli kind of became what my identity was. Um, and it stopped being about like being like boy or girl or um, it was just being kind of open to like all forms of expression because I realized that just being Ghouli was fun. Um, because I felt kind of like a, um, I felt kind of like a fun character in a lot of people's lives. And I wanted to kind of just like express myself however I wanted. Um, so I realized that the way I kind of identify myself, identify myself is like, I'm male presenting, of course. Um, but I'm very femme and I, I love femininity and I, I think it's glorious. And I think that me being a Mexican person, femininity, especially from Mother Mary has like it's just in our blood to like, you know what I mean? To adore it. So like, I, I just love, um, I love all forms of femininity and I respect all forms of masculinity. So I would say that like the way I identify right now, I would say that I am just like as ghouly as I can be and trying to get more and more ghouly day by day. And I think y'all probably are the same way. Yeah. I love that. You're going to start <laughs> awesome. a cult and everyone will be like, yeah, I'm yeah. ghouly. I am I'm ghouly. also ghouly. I'm also ghouly. Yeah. <laughs> we need to start that. We need to start like, that merch. I yeah, am like, Ghoulie. Like, cut his mic. Cut his mic. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> well, I, I've been um, blessed with being able to kind of follow your journey, I guess, the last four or five years. And um, I've always, I always love watching people grow within their career. I think that's part of why I got in HR um, and in recruiting, but growing your career, but also grow it as a, a person. And um, I always associated you with kind of the like the fashion stuff and always just way cooler than me because oh. um, it's like I want to know what's what's going and and I remember early when Hannah was actually like I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna live with Ghoulie and we're gonna live the life and I'm like okay 
what's a ghoulie? What's a ghoulie? No. (laughs) (laughs) But tell us a little bit about kind of your your journey, your creative journey, and how that kind of have taken you in, in spots. Absolutely. Okay, so I grew up in a very creative house. My um, my mom, um, she's always been a like a teacher to like very young children. So it's more of like a caretaker. And um, her job was basically like to entertain and to kind of like um, get the kids to play. You know what I mean? So most of my life was about like play, like that form of kind of child growth and how to like, kind of manifest that into, you know, something positive. So um, I started drawing at a very, very young age and drawing went into acting somehow, then acting and dancing and singing, got into just wanting to wear the better clothes and then it became like a weird collecting thing for me. And then I got really excited about fashion um, so much that it's all I can really think about. Um, and then at that time, I was like a senior in high school and I got a... Um, I got my first retail job um, at a dress store, a very well-known dress store in the Waco, Texas area. And if anyone knows me, y'all know where it was and everyone loves it. Y'all know it. It's great. Good time. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Good time. No shade. Y'all know. It's a great good time. Um, and so I spent a lot of time there just um, basically it was, a, it would be like 20 girls would walk in a day. And my job would be to just help them pick out the dress that they would wear to prom or to um, wear to a pageant or um, we even had the quinceanera section in the back. So um, most of my career formed just from dressing people up and realizing how much I liked it and realizing how much I wanted to continue to do it. So after that, I got um, I left senior year of of high school, a little college, um, and I. (laughs) And I moved to New York um, in the August that followed or the September that followed. So it was very quick. Um, I took a full gap year and I got my first um, like super high-end retail job or not super high-end retail, kind of just super in the high-end retail job sector of like NoHo. So um, it wasn't necessarily like super high-end, but it was nice to be around those kind of people to kind of see what, you know, what the industry was like. Um, and while I was there, it was cool because it was one of the first like gender-free clothing companies um, in New York City. So it was nice. I kind of got to you know, like talk about gender expression with people every day and dress them up. Um, but after that, I realized that I wanted to be more behind the scenes and actually like make the decisions about what people wore for everyone. And um, I applied to a lot of art schools. Um, but right now I am at Savannah College of Art and Design. And I am studying um, fashion design and it's my first year. So we're seeing how this goes, but I'm still creating like every day, trying to keep the ball rolling. And that's where we're at right now. <laughs> I just, I just love that. I just, but let's back up to of course. Waco, Texas. Waco. We have a whole family legacy right here in the, in the, <laughs> in the hub of Waco, mm-hmm. Texas. Um, and then you went to New York City. Like you could not yes. have gotten you could it flipped like they say yes. it flipped slipped upside down like um yeah will smith how, how <laughs> what was that like um it was it was a crazy immediate switch that was nothing like where i grew up um and the people are nothing like texas people and there's and that's again no 
nothing against New York people, nothing against Texas people, but they are very different kinds of people in the way that they interact with each other and in the way that we command space and the way that we talk to each other. So it was um, at first a little bit frustrating because I'm a super extroverted person and I am so um, happy to talk to someone. I'm so happy to open a door. I'm so happy to um, kind of see how someone's day is going in New York. I'm not sure if that's, I don't know. You know, you know <laughs> Katie's don't know. nodding, no. Shaking no, head, yeah, no. Like no. New York, it's just like, you know, I, there wasn't like. Mind your business, don't yeah. talk to me, I won't talk to you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know like how I'm natured and I don't think that New York was necessarily like a good, um, a good place for me to feel comfortable necessarily. Cause it's like, I felt a little like, well, no, is anyone friends with me? Just because like, I, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, I, I wasn't holding a mic and just like saying jokes the whole time. And that's, um, that's what I kind of grew up in because like Waco, Texas, it's easy to be the, um, it's easy to be a more entertaining person, but I think it was very, very, a lot more competitive in New York, but that kind of whipped me into shape to kind of go into art school, I would say now. Well, so oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> um I haven't decided myself I was so say, I'm just taking yeah, ideas from folks <laughs> yeah yeah of course okay so we'll always and forever be an entertainer it's one of my favorite things to do um besides dressing up and dressing other people up so somehow I want to be able to do all those things at the same time by making clothes um performing still I want to sell my clothes still um, I love doing all those things. I just like creating things and I like creating my own world. And I kind of want the Ghoulie brand to kind of seep into everyone's, everyone's cola. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I want to, I want to see how that goes. I just like brand building. That's my favorite mm -hmm. thing. So, um, I just want to see how this goes in like another year, how this goes another two years and, um, clothes are my favorite thing in the world. So no matter what I do, it always circulates back to just like, playing dress up so that's why I'm studying fashion design right now because I want to learn the um kind of like the background information I mean going to the store and getting like the fun stuff is great but it's nice to be able to draft your own things and to actually like create things that people could wear that people could say like this I have um something that Guli Alvarez made on my body and I that's something that I've always wanted and that's something that I'm trying to seek out right now so well, it's a very it long way to put that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, because it's so many, there's a, one of the things that I think is interesting as we are, get more inclusive AF and we're, we bring people kind of, of into this cloud of understanding. A lot of it is understanding people and sharing people's stories so we can have a baseline understanding so that they can communicate with other people. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like a way of bringing people together. And we always surround ourselves with people and talk about the communication aspect, it always seems to go back to communication, but then you're going to be communicating through your actual, like your art and your clothing. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of things would you, when you think about like the Ghoulie brand, what kind of things do you want to say? What do you want people like when, what would we be able to look at and say, you know what? I think that's Ghoulie Alvarez.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Right. Um, so I'm a... I'm a like a kind of a Mesoamerican like Tejano, um, Tejano person. So I'm Texan American, um, basically, which means that my ancestors are literally from where Texas is, but when it was Mexico. Um, and I think that there's a lot more people out there who have these like um, these backgrounds that they may not know a lot about, but they um, they are still a person of color. And you know what I mean? So that it's like these people don't know a lot about their like Mesoamerican backgrounds, um, but we're people of color. So we're going through things that I wish that I could um, know more about. You know what I mean? So I think with my art, I want to be able to speak to other, um, you know, other people with um, indigenous backgrounds and Mexican backgrounds or just other people who, other people who understand um, kind of the, the Texas upbringing or the just American upbringing um, and who have adapted perfectly. I want to, um, I want to dress for those kind of people. I want to make clothes for people who were able to realize the American situation, realize that they were persecuted against, or that there was some drama, but were excited to proceed and to thrive in what we now know as America. And I'm trying to make clothes for people to change America. In. And, um, I would say that's that's what I'm trying to do right now is just drafting things that inspire people enough to want to do something to fix whatever's happening right now. And um, I think sketching every day is kind of a good start to that. But <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like that's where I think the change needs to start. It's just who are we dressing for? Like who are we making the clothes for? Like are we thinking about the people? I don't I don't think so. You know. So that's a triggered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Why people. am I wearing this? I want to go people. change clothes. I'm very conscious. Yeah, me too. You know, um, that's right. I've never, thought, I've never thought about that before. Yeah, because it's just like, I know it's patterns and it's fabric, but it's like people get really excited about what they wear every day. And it, it's, a, it's a big part of what they do. And it's a big part of um, who they are. And if they don't see someone who looks like them or someone who dresses like them shown in media, I know everyone should be themselves and I know everyone should be able to represent themselves however, but media is a good way to experiment with your imagination without actually wearing clothes. So for someone to experiment with their imagination and media that looks like you, that's a good sign. I'd say as like a, you know, as someone with very indigenous features, um, who's Mexican American in Central Texas? I'd say that like I didn't, I wasn't able to see to see anyone with that kind of experience. Um, and I think if I would have been able to, I wouldn't have been so um, kind of negative about the situation because I kind of felt like there was no other people like me out there to talk to about my past or to talk to about my. Um, you know, my ancient history that I still think needs to be talked about. Um, but I think, I, of course, that's all changed now because of, you know, 
things like inclusive AF or um, people who make efforts to diversify our, our, our own culture. So I think that's happening, but I want to be a part of that change. And I think y'all know exactly what it, like just every day you're just like, I just want to be a part of this and I don't know what to do to do it. Somehow dressing up has made, has, has gotten into that. That's awesome. I think, you know, mm-hmm. so just this past week, you may have seen, so they, um, Deb Holland had her swearing in ceremony and, vo- and wore for the um, Department of the Interior. So she wore her indigenous skirts that with the ribbons right. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, to your point, being able to like see that and then have stories written about it of why did she wear that? What does the skirt mean? What do the ribbons mean in the skirt? Mm-hmm. All of those pieces. I think it's just so huge to help people understand why does this matter? That representation piece, why does it matter that we know these stories and learn this history mm-hmm. and, and actually, you know, get better at telling stories through our clothes, yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I, I think with my clothes, I like to um, represent, you know, um, my own culture in a way that um, I think people would be like, well, you're just dressed in like a Waco Texan. And I'm like, of course. I mean, that's where all my family's from. You know what I mean? It's like, right. that's where all my influences have come from. Um, you know, I'm wearing like uh, things that all probably came from a Caritas in Waco, Texas. But I can say that like, I'm confident with what I'm wearing and I'm excited about it. And um, I try to use like all those like referential things to, to form what I'm wearing or to kind of help people choose what they're wearing. What's the most powerful thing about your culture? about your history, about your body that you love so much and how do you want to display that? Um, I think that's a, a good thing to do when you're trying to pick what to wear every morning. Like what's your favorite thing about yourself and how can you display it with the t-shirt? <laughs> so I, like that. I love that. And yeah. I, I think going speaking back, it's like, this is America. Like when you think about the swearing in ceremony, it's like, this is America, but I think- but She loved that. She loved that about you know? herself. She loves her culture. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, like, and it's important. Be, it's important to just love to. I think it's important to like loudly love your like to just loudly express how much you love your culture. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so important. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important too when you think about you know being indigenous to this area, but people still have a different idea of what Texas means, and being able mm-hmm. to express my culture and someone saying. What is that? And you're like, this well, is Texas. Yeah, yeah. You're like, it's weird because we're Texan, and my grandpa has a country accent, but he speaks he speaks Spanish. So you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> right? It's so good. It's so confusing to talk to people about. Um, so like, like her, I want to one day be able to like loudly express how much I love that part of my Tejano culture. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of the word for it. Like, Tejano is like the kind of like the were like the intersection between like they kind of always have been here and they're like I don't know I'm very proud to call myself Tejano because I think Texas has taken a lot of work you know what I mean <laughs> and a lot of work and then a lot of like a lot of background work that I think a lot of a lot of proud Mexican people have just been you know what I mean just been doing and I'm and I'm like that's there's this the if you're if you've ever been in Texas, you know how strong the Mexican community is. So I'm just so glad to be a part of that. And I can't wait to loudly represent that as well. You know what I mean? I love that. 
Yeah. There's, there is so much to be able to express, but then to be able to express it loudly as a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's hard, but now that you've spoken and I've never thought about it, it, there is an element of somebody else's idea of what fashion is. Like we are always talking about um, when people get hired, somebody will say, oh, dress professionally. And the question that I think um, Katie and I always raise is what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What is fashion? What is professional? And what is a caricature of yourself versus right. what's really you, you know? Yeah. And I, and I've seen that. Have you, have you noticed that? Like, if you look at like the iconic brands or what different things that are mm-hmm. iconic brands, is there anybody that you think represents like any authenticness? of our culture, even if we're talking about the American, even if we're talking about it being a mess or Tejano culture or any other indigenous mm-hmm. culture, is there a brand that you think st- that stands out or a designer that stands out in that way? I am not exactly sure what the background of this brand is necessarily, but I would say that like Gypsy Sport um, is a very underground, gender-free clothing brand. Not a very underground, not because they're kind of everywhere. We just don't know that it's Gypsy Sport, you know? Mm-hmm. Um it's a clothing brand that's gender free and this designer was originally a like a drafter and a pattern maker for balenciaga but just got a bunch of you know design um models from instagram and just like snapchat just people that he thought was cute and then he asked a bunch of people different races different uh, different um you know body types different ages just to come walk he just picked a bunch of people um and I've never seen a more like authentic um, presentation of what fashion can and should be, which is just um, exploring what you love about yourself through the clothes that you're wearing. Um, and they've also been able to explore different cultures in that and to explore um, the club scene in New York City, which is a culture in itself. So I'd say that everyone should definitely go on Instagram and type in the words Gypsy Sport. It's going to be... If you're from Waco, just just take a breather. It's fine. You're gonna be all right. Just keep on looking. Um, and then keep on looking, and it's gonna be great. Or yeah. from Phoenix, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have to take a breather too. Yeah, they have to take a little breather too. It's gonna be all right. Just keep on scrolling. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we knew how our states would be represented when we started the podcast. Yeah, but I feel like we keep on bringing it up. But like, oh, yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> changes things. It does. Yeah. I think the uh, I, I just pulled up some of the images of Gypsy Sport. And yeah, the images from their runway shows, to your point, it's just very diverse, diverse body yeah. types, diverse, yeah. you know, people um, just visually diverse. Um, and that is really cool. Cause it is that, you know, how do we represent this brand and how do we represent to your point, like feel good about what you're in and feel that, you know, that power that you get mm. where you're like, God, I feel good in the clothes I'm in. Um, yeah. I would love to, to switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, appropriation. So I am a white woman in case you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I would am. love to hear your thoughts on like, so you have this amazing brand, you know, and, and you're building based off the Tejano culture that you are mm-hmm. from. So what happens if a white woman's like, God, I want all of your clothes. They're amazing. I'd Other than that, yes, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. What else would you yeah, think? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, okay. The way I would put it is that 
as a designer, the stuff that I would make, um, I would make it referential enough. This is just me. This isn't every designer has. This is for me. I have thought about this a lot as well. And I think that for me, the stuff that I make should be referential enough to my culture, but should be able to um, maybe cater to different cultures when it comes to colors or texture and things that can be fun. So I think maybe it may be a little bit, and this is kind of, this is a, just a totally different take and I've never heard it, but this is maybe a little bit of my job as a Tejano person who's designing clothes for a lot of people to figure out how to make Tejano culture something that is available to mass media rather than like, and I think that Waco, Texas is a way of that. Like Waco, Texas is so Tejano. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? But it's such a diverse place. So I think there is definitely a way to communicate and to respect a culture um, and still wear the clothes. And I think as a designer, we need to be able to not, like for me, I don't know what the regalia of my ancestors were. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't um, do some, some bad research and create a garment made from fake rega- fake regalia that is not accurate. And I shouldn't sell that to a mass group of mm. people because that's at that point, that's on me because I you sold this brand. That's a God. It's me, Margaret. Yeah, it's me, Margaret. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say like, if I'm going to, if I want people to celebrate my culture, I think maybe it's a little bit my job to not give people the opportunity to diminish it just by buying my clothes. Mm. Because we're, I'm just an artist and you're just buying my clothes because you thought they were pretty. So I should be able to make art that is so accurately Tejano and so accurately, but I think that with my brand, at least, I want to be able to make it accessible to everyone in kind of a Y2K format or kind of a, you know, futuristic design format that all cultures are kind of, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm from, like, I'm a brown person, but I have so many relationships with white people that aren't disrespectful, but they respect my culture and are able to talk to me about it every day. So I think this is absolutely doable. I think that's the problem is that people do not think it's doable, so the work isn't happening, and that people are just people dis, people are dismissing artists before they're able to release art that actually changes the world. People need to stop asking for permission about their art, and you know what I mean. I, and I think that's kind of what I'm feeling that, right now is like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never goo goo. I call Gooly Goo Goo. <laughs> We're just giving I, them all kinds of names today. No, it's good. Yeah. I always call him Goo Goo from the like from the yeah. other room. I think yeah. that's Guliano, Guliano. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought about that, but that is so right. Like I think some of the artists that have been um there's the one side of an artist that's been attached for appropriation who didn't have it well thought out and only did yeah, like inch deep inch deep not even by someone maybe of the culture or of the ethnicity so right. it's like so as me as someone who actually is a Tejano person if I was going to create something that I wanted to like celebrate my culture uh, with I would love to find a way to make it wearable you know by white people or you know uh, by African American people I just I just think that that's a challenge that I'm I'm really ready to like take on 
because there's so much stuff about my the stuff that I wear that I love so much that come from my mom like my my big jewelry my big turquoise jewelry that my mom loves and you know um that's a very like that's like a that's a very Mexican and a very Texan thing but that's for everyone I mean this is stones these are silver so I think these there's ways to integrate your culture into a way to make it you know um I don't know, a slight wink rather than straight legalia to where someone isn't given the opportunity to, to offend. Because I, I mean, I don't want someone to offend me by wearing my clothes. I just don't want someone to get, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be offended. So I don't want to, I don't want to give someone that opportunity. I just want to make great clothes that embody what the Ghoulie brand is. And a lot of that Ghoulie brand is how Tejano I am. So, yeah. Ghoulie for everyone. Yeah, Ghoulie for everyone. <laughs> Ghoulie for all. <laughs> Ghoulie for president. Yeah. It just, I just never thought about it. Like, whose fault is it when you see somebody wearing something and then everybody's like, appropriation. And it's like, who sold that shirt? Like, let's just go back. Is it, yeah. you know, Stephanie's fault? Because it, it's not, because that's not the world shirt. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that belonged to that culture. So it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, this is someone that wants to buy this because I sold it to everyone obviously like this wasn't that's the thing that's weird about like mass selling and it's like it's ca- catering someone to everyone because at the end of the day like can can we do that you know what I mean can we do that well that's such a hard question but I think I think that it's I don't know because I see that I just see it done so much where designers keep on making things that are just so that just are wrong when it comes to you know <laughs> you know trying to invite a culture because I we're not giving any reference to who are making these garments or who had this idea or who, I think that's another thing that's very important. Where's the context for these things? Because you know what I mean? This could have been like, like if a Tejano person was at Balenciaga and created something um, and someone thought it was offensive. I feel like that Tejano person like didn't really, um, didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but created something that wasn't for everyone, mm-hmm. but that was for just the Tahano person and the Tahano person's culture. Do you know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. that maybe like whenever I create clothes, not all my clothes are like if I make a shirt that says "Hi, I'm proud in Tahano," like I'm like if I might have to put on the tag like "Hey, white people, I'd like you not to buy this." Do you know what I mean? Like that's nothing. Well, it's like, like yeah, yeah, no, like, no. Is, I mean, so like, yeah, I, I think, do you know the brand Mess in a Bottle? No, 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 no. So it, she is a black woman who right, created right. These, this t-shirt line and she actually just got into Target, which is huge and awesome, awesome. and amazing. Um, yeah. But she has some of the shirts. It's like, you know, melanin <laughs> and I'm not going to wear a melanin yeah. shirt. Like, yeah, right, so not... it's just like stuff like that. It's like... <laughs> yeah, but, I, but to your point, I think you've seen some big brands. I mean, like- big brands that have done some stuff that you're like what in the world are you doing um you know i think you're back in the day and like like the 90s man was like uh-huh. yeah well the they 90s was just a very weird time <laughs> well it yes. was the after were you even alive ghoulie in the 90s like <laughs> come, on come on now come on now i've heard he's googled it <laughs> Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. 
We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. But I, so, I mean, I think, and even just on the runways, I think you have seen stuff. Victoria's Secret got in trouble a few years ago because they did a whole like Asian theme thing. And it was like the, um, the dragons that they do mm-hmm. in the, and, and that's like how they decorated the models, which is just weird in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but like, it's that type of stuff that you also are like, why, who was behind that? I thought that like, was a yeah, good idea. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like who's making these choices. And it's sad that like, like some strong Asian women couldn't come out in like accurate regalia. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like that's what it, like there should be people that have these ideas who get inspired, who seek out the references from the people whose culture it actually is mm-hmm. and who head over those ideas, because I think that's the case. Like, these are people coming up with ideas. They're like, oh, that'll be cool. I'm a person who this isn't my culture, but I'm just going to create it right now. Right. No, like, and you know I think I mean? that's, yes. <laughs> I think, and I think know, that's, it seems like that's what's happening. It seems like, like someone's just not thinking at all. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, and we've seen those too, where, I mean, was it Coochie? I don't want to name a label if it wasn't the right one, but that did the. They're not a sponsor. It's okay. You're not. Yeah. yeah I was saying, okay. I'm trying to remember <laughs> who it more. was, but it was like, they did like monkey socks and it was like, yeah. it was what like in not the a, world? Yeah. Like we, we all know what that represents. The right. black face. Yeah. Yes. It was, yeah, was black face. Yes. Yeah. We all know what that represents. Like we, like the colors and the, That's it's right. just. But they always say like, oh, well, you know, they need to your point, like you need to have representation and who's around the table, like making these decisions. Yes. But it's also at some point you're like, <laughs> how dumb are you? Yeah. But For like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They need eight-year-olds yeah. that aren't afraid to say, like, is this supposed to be a black person? Like, would have just said it straight up right, right in the yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah, not- like, yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, not good. It was like a cartoon. It wasn't okay. And it's, I, I don't know how these choices are being made. So I love, yeah. I love that you that you asked that, Katie, because it's like, it was kind of an easier question to answer. As in, like, oh, I think I would just like not make something necessarily that. You know what I mean? I think I would make right. some of those for everyone and I wouldn't try to put, I wouldn't try to sell white people something that was for a different culture. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's just, I mean, it's not like their thing. It's just, it's just not for them because white people and their families have their own thing. Like this is my family's thing. It's just right. that kind of, that's just how I see it. Yeah. I think people need to know it's beyond just some things like you were talking about regalia specifically, or some things yeah. have a history that go along with it. <laughs> like, that, yeah. That's like not, that's not cool. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. you can't just make that up and turn it into something else. And I think we have a, um, you know, just based on the whole history of, of what happened to the country that was already here. And it's like, okay, that's mine. <laughs> that's mine. I'm taking it. Yeah. So it just feels like, I don't know. It seems like those like colonist attitudes are being reclaimed by 
shutting off brown voices when they're creating. And you know what I mean? That's what I'm seeing now as well. Um, because a lot of these creators, it's like, like again, who's at the table? Um, and who are like who are we making clothes for? You know what I mean? I think that's like mm. so important. And what are the experiences of these people? Like, who are these people? Like, I don't think that sellers maybe know enough about the people that they're selling to or even care enough to know. Um, and that's kind of what I'm most excited about. I mean, I, I see people every day that I'm like, I'm so excited to like make something for you because um, I'm excited for you to feel powerful and for you to be able to do something with your day because of it. Um, and I feel like design isn't like that anymore. Design is release, release, release. And I think design should be more like fashion design should be more like music where like, I'm going to take a couple years off and see what I can make and like come back. It's like, why do we need clothes on clothes on clothes on clothes on clothes on clothes? I don't, that's just, I don't know. That's very off topic, but that was something that I, that just came up just now. (laughs) No, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And I, I think um, me and um, Katie and I were talking just and this kind of relates but we were just talking about merch like for for inclusive af and then Mm. we were like okay we can't do those like we're not going to do round neck t-shirts like we don't fit those and then we're talking about oh well this material or this stylish shirt and then we're like (laughs) we're like this is so hard it's this is really only going to fit jackie and katie and people that are shaped like us yeah so so just Gully, to be fully transparent, like we both have boobs. So a scoop neck is not as great as a V-neck. A V-neck is where it's at for girls with big boobs, you know? So that's- But then you have to say, oh my gosh, it was just like when I found out, like how come I couldn't, and it's one of these things just as a black woman and what's available in Texas, like when you're figuring out makeup and you don't have the money or you don't have the time to like sit with a professional person and then be <laughs> yeah. like, how come this isn't working for me? And then it'd be like, oh, oh, it wasn't made for me. I mean, yeah. I was in my twenties when I figured it out. So it's like these clothes, I know now I was like, they never made the round neck t-shirt for me ever. I was never yeah. supposed to wear that. Yeah. So at the you end know? of the day, it's like, we got to know who these people are. We got to know like the American, you know what I mean? We got to know like, we got to know everyone and all the bodies, all the colors, all the, because it's, it's, that's what makes it more fun. That's what I like about design. So the older I'm getting and the more further I'm getting into this, where this career is going, I can see it's like the fun parts are the work, like the work that people need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I think like what naturally comes with the design, that's not what the fashion design design world is anymore. It's more about like creating a garment to sell over and over again. But I think that's what needs to be changed. The thing that needs to be changed is that clothes are, you're creating something. It's like you're making a painting every time for someone. Mm. So to make one over and over and over again, and to, I just think that we need to care about the quality of what we're making far more than what's happening these days. Um, and that's why I love collecting um, vintage clothes so much, because I think that quality was perspective a lot more back then so a lot of my clothes are from like 90s back um and I don't have a lot of clothes from like the 2000s forward 
but just because that's how I like to organize them because the quality is bad. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're spot on. Like that is my sisters. I have four sisters and we joke around about the fact like you go and try and buy a t-shirt in a store and there's mm-hmm. not one t-shirt that's not like the material so thin mm-hmm. that you can see right through it. You have to like wear something under the t-shirt when you're like, well, yeah. I don't want to wear something, especially in Arizona when it's 5,000 degrees out, like I just <laughs> want to wear one layer, not 65. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gully, this has been awesome. Um, I love everything that you have shared. Um, tell us as we are wrapping up, what mm-hmm. is one thing that you want everyone that's listening to know? Okay. Um, I would like everyone to know, first and foremost, I would like everyone to know, let me see. That's a very awesome, great, awesome, awesome question. Thank you so much for that. Okay. (laughs) I was kidding. Okay. um, (laughs) I feel the love. (laughs) No, no, I'm just kidding. Something I would like everyone to know is just that, um, in a way, the worst thing has already happened to you. Um, so today should just be a breeze. And that's how I've kind of done my entire life. And um, because if you think about it, that that thing that happened that was so bad, um, you, the only way that you know that it happened is because um, you remember it because it's a past event and it already happened. So the thing that you're anxious about, it's not there anymore and it hasn't happened and it might not happen again. So I don't know what's happening in the world right now. And I don't know a lot about politics or anything, but I think that everyone should just be happy and try to just stay as positive as possible. So I would like everyone to stay as positive as possible so we can make some change. Yeah. Awesome. Change, Lara. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Gooley, how do people find you? Um, okay. So everyone can find me on Instagram if y'all would like. Um, my last name backwards. It's going to be... Z E R A V L A. Um, because it's, I don't know, I, I think I'm kind of a twisted form of the Alvarez. So I like like putting it backwards because it sounds like a name. It sounds like Zeravla. So I, I like that. As, yeah. So y'all can find me there. I post some random stuff. I haven't posted in such a long time, but I guess now I have to because yeah, it's we're on famous. here. I know, all, like, we literally... have 50 bazillion followers so you <laughs> we are have gonna... literally 50 bazillion followers 50 yeah. bazillion so at any mm-hmm. moment and you better start making some clothes because i will yeah, I'm it's on my, my friend first, like, tech class like tomorrow literally so that's awesome i'm excited yeah very cool jackie what is your one thing from this episode i just got really emotional all of a sudden i think i don't know why i got really emotional i think it's just to talk to people. I think what I've known, it's like, for me, I've known Gooley for a really long time. And granted, um, he's friends with Hannah. And so we don't have really sit down conversations. Yeah, I've always respected the things that he did. And I've always trusted him, which he knows, like, I trust, like, four people. Um, and it just is to take the time to get to know people that are in your life that you haven't taken the time to get to know good time um don't take people for granted like you might take people for granted as somebody you see a lot or they're there a lot but take the time to find out the story because there's a lot of growth in that so i would recommend that awesome thank you uh for me i think it's the watch out world ghoulies coming 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, from yeah. a Tejano perspective, I think most folks, when they hear Tejano, the only reference point they have is Selena. And so to have other things <laughs> to be thinking about and, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's yeah. for most folks, that's what they think of when they, they hear Tejano. And so, you know, knowing that it's more than music, knowing that, you know, fashion and the experiences that you have, have informed your mm. fashion and having voices that are not just the same voices over and over, how important that is to expand our minds and wear stuff that is amazing. So thank you so thank much you. for taking the time to join us. Truly thank appreciate you. it. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Um, Y'all guys are the best. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. So for those of you who are listening, um, we have this on YouTube, but uh, Jackie just informed me that we might want to let you know <laughs> that uh, we're also on Apple and Spotify and Google Podcasts. So know, wherever you get your podcast, yeah. <laughs> no one told me really? where I were at. But do go to YouTube so you can see Ghoulie's hair. That's yeah, really yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. You. His okay. hair is going to be the guest the next time Ghoulie comes What's on. Guess, so just the hair. Just his awesome. hair will be the guest. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> and we will talk to you all during the next episode. All right. Bye, thanks. Bye. <laughs> You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.